For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to be exploring podcasting coming to YouTube and a whole lot more with Diana Gladney. If you want to understand how to benefit from these YouTube changes, then be sure to stick around. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm Michael Stelzner. This is the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. Hey, do you want to get world-class training in marketing? Then you want to attend Social Media Marketing World. Join thousands of marketers who have the exact same challenges and struggles that you do and learn all the latest social marketing strategies by visiting socialmediamarketing.world and getting your ticket today. Again, socialmediamarketing.world. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for this week's expert guest. Diana Gladney is a YouTube expert and consultant. Her YouTube channel is designed to help entrepreneurs simplify the video creative process. And she's the host of the Video Simplified podcast. Welcome back to the show, Diana. Uh, thank you so much. And pl- it's a pleasure to be here. So I'm really excited today to talk about this first lead story, which is podcasting coming to YouTube. So there's a lot to talk about here. What do we know? Talk to us. Yeah, for sure. So what we do know is that YouTube is taking a very serious look at bringing podcasts really onto the platform, not just like uploading a video and hashtag calling it a podcast, but literally making it a dedicated channel of content for creators to really start to focus on. So I think they're trying to bring back some of that uh, attention that's coming from Spotify and some of those deals that people were publishing their podcasts and leaving. But now uh, YouTube is saying that they're going to really, really put more effort into making sure that podcasts is, you know, going to have a home here on YouTube. So what do we know? We know that they hired someone officially to head up podcasting. Mm -hmm. I think they've rolled out their own podcast, right? Called YouTube Upload or something. Do you know anything about that? Yes. So YouTube has their own podcast. I can't remember the the name right now, but it's really more so obviously if you're going to bring a feature to the platform, it makes sense to start dominating that space as well. And so I've listened to a little bit of it so far, and I think this is going to be very interesting uh, to see how this develops over time, especially this is a new social behavior that people will have to figure out how they want to deal with uh, on YouTube specifically. So uh, Tim Schmoyer uh, did a great podcast episode on this within the last recent while. What's the word on the street that we're hearing about what this is going to be like? Again, we don't have any official quote unquote announcement from Mm -hmm. YouTube, but what are your thoughts on what this is going to be like on YouTube and how ought we maybe begin thinking about this and preparing for it? Yeah. So I love Tim's uh, perspective on this and he discussed this in his podcast, but they're looking at basically those of us that have been using uh, YouTube primarily and 
using that YouTube premium application and you're closing it, going to drive and do whatever else and listening in the background. Well, podcasts now will have some active buttons that you can use. Uh, it's some other things about making sure that you even get listening ads, even if that video doesn't necessarily play that ad like you usually would see it audibly, you'll have some ads and some things like that. So different controls that I think is really, again, it's just a very weird kind of a, a space, but I'm, I'm very, very interested to see this play out. So uh, word on the street is, it is going to be uh, something that YouTube takes pretty seriously. So I think this is something that's going to be really good. I was at Podcast Movement in Nashville a couple of months ago, and I saw Tom mm -hmm. Webster from Edison Research present the latest research in the world of podcasting and Edison, as many of you know, does a lot of the exit polls from political polling. And uh, he specifically said that there is a mass amount of people that listen to quote unquote podcasts on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Many of them are the younger generation. It's the place they go to do everything right. To watch, to learn, to listen. And if we think back to this bigger trend that's been going on with audio in particular, it was almost exactly a year ago when Clubhouse started peaking, right? Or it mm -hmm. started really just blowing up and the social audio trend started. And then all of a sudden we had Twitter spaces mm -hmm. and now we have Facebook live audio rooms, right? And mm -hmm. we've got all this audio and Facebook just announced that they are integrating podcasts directly into Facebook. So YouTube has been quietly sitting there and not really innovating on the audio side of things. And I'm excited about the possibility that we who create audio content can now start creating versions of this and publishing it possibly to an entirely new channel on YouTube. And I've been talking this over with some of my friends and some of them are beginning to think about recording video with their audio, just like we do with this live show. We mm -hmm. record video for those that are listening to the podcast. This is a live show, but you can also record video when you're not doing a live show, edit it and publish it. There's also some people that are thinking about maybe just having some animation in the background and just using audio because the truth is a lot of people listen to really, really long videos on YouTube and they kind of think of them as podcasts. Do they not, Diana? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And that different kinds of live streams fall into that as well. Cause it's very much so that same kind of a behavior where we're talking and people are listening. However, bringing this to YouTube allows this to now go interactive. And something else I think that's not been talked about publicly, but I think will become more of a thing is that when you are doing a show and you're doing a live stream and you're doing your, your podcast, even live, what we found it, and I found in my personal experience that people giving super chats, they're giving super stickers and all these different things. That's monetization that's coming to people on the platform. One, you're keeping people on the platform longer. And uh, you're also encouraging people to not just consume this one form of a content, but go on to their next video. And so it starts this whole kind of cycle of people just consuming, 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 instead of saying, okay, now for this kind of a content, like an audio version of the podcast, let's go to clubhouse. Let's go over here. Let's go. Nope. They, you all, it's all going to be at home. So whether or not that goes to a separate channel, uh, I think that kind of puts it in the same place as uh, how shorts are. At first people were creating shorts on a different channel because the analytics interrupted things. But uh, what I'm seeing so far, I think if they do this integration right, maybe its own tab, maybe its own analytics, this may tend to be pretty good. My prediction, honestly, I think give it 48 months even, you may see different segmentation 
in your subscribers. So it's not just your gross amount of subscribers, but you have these, these many that are interested in shorts. You have these many of people that subscribe specifically just for podcasts. That's something I think could very well happen on the platform. Yeah. And the podcasters that are listening to this, this is the struggle, right? Like Diana alluded to, do we create longer form content on our existing channel? Like we have almost a hundred and 80,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel would adding yet another quote unquote show to that kind of mess up our cadence. It's a wonderful question. I'm not quite ready to jump in with the social media marketing podcast, my big podcast that's got, you know, many tens of millions of downloads, but I could see a day where maybe I do record those in video, not live, have them edited, have all the ads injected into them and get them on YouTube. And one of the big upsides to YouTube is the monetization play. You can actually make money on YouTube, right? You you don't make money podcasting. Like Spotify is not going to mail you a check. You know what I mean? And Amazon's not going to mail you a check and Apple's not going to mail you a check. But I think there's finally some monetization options potentially here as well. So I'm excited about this. The word on the street is it's rolling out in January of 2022. And some of my peers are already beginning to actually publish podcasting content on YouTube because their hypothesis is that that YouTube algorithms will be looking for this kind of content and will want to kind of give it some initial visibility. This is the same thing that happened with shorts, right, Diana? People were putting hashtag shorts in the titles. Now, there's been no word that you should put hashtag podcasting in your title or anything like that. And let's see what happens. I mean, like, I don't know, you know more about YouTube than I do, Diana, but the likelihood of this happening relatively fast, it's probably in their best interest considering how much action is happening in the, in the audio world right now with Facebook, Spotify, and all that other kind of stuff. Any other thoughts on that? Yeah, for those that may be thinking that podcasts may only work if they're live, if it's like a live recording, you have to remember you also have other YouTube features like YouTube premieres, and that still allows you to receive monetization. You can still be in your pajamas, engage in the chat, and you're actively engaging with your community. They can still leave super chats and things like that. And it still does the job of a regular recorded video with some elements of live. So I think just with all of the other assets that come with being on YouTube, there's going to be a lot of ways that you can probably play to this uh, without it being such a foreign concept to your main channel. Uh, if you do want to bring like a video version to uh, your, your podcast. And I think it's, it's not going to be too much difference than a, a live stream already. So why not? Well, and, you know, uh, Paul Turner's asking if this is going to be a paid or free service. And this brings up a really good point for people that want to start with podcasting. If they do it right, they'll provide an RSS feed and an audio feed. Right. I thought about that. Think about that. Imagine if you could all of a sudden create, turn your live show into a podcast that's automatically distributed on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Apple and Google Play. I mean, that could be kind of a big deal if we think a little broader. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, you have to think about things like channel chapters. Now you have chapters maybe to your podcast, which is all this stuff already exists for audio versions of podcasts, but you have those specific platforms. I'm not going to throw any names out there specifically, but let's just say, well, I'm not going to say any names. I'll keep it, like, keep it at that. But you will have different analytics. The analytics haven't always been fantastic. We have seen some updates with Apple Podcasts and other platforms showing what are some things that people may be interested in as far as like the listening times. But 
Imagine that being from a content-based perspective because YouTube is still going to be based on search, which means your podcast episodes now are probably going to come up in search that much more and in a better way. And when you add that to your channel chapters that also come up into up in search, I think you're talking about way more exposure than most people probably are thinking about. Yeah. And let's not forget who owns YouTube. Google. Google. <laughs> and Google already knows podcasts, okay? It's mm -hmm. already part of their, they've just got to integrate the technology, right? Yep. And the analytics on YouTube are far superior than any analytics you're going to get on any podcast player everywhere, no matter what, full stop. And think of the ad play, right? There's just yep. so many options here. I think this is going to be a really, really big deal when we really wrap our heads around it. And we're just beginning to understand it today. So watch for it, people. All right. We've got a lot more news to cover. Let's talk about collections in the subscriptions feed. First of all, what the heck is a collection? Let's start with that. And what do we need to know about it? So it's a very new, uh, it hasn't rolled out yet. It's still one of those experimentation type things. But if you see it, then you'll you'll know when you go to your subscriptions tab on, I think you'll probably get the best version of this on your mobile device. So when you are going to that subscriptions tab, you know how sometimes you'll see maybe only certain channels that you're subscribed to. You may not always see everybody all the time and you assume maybe some of your favorite creators just aren't uploading. Well, this helps to really segment that content. Imagine it like, like an interactive kind of a playlist where you can say, I do want to listen to a bunch of podcasts or I want to know everybody that has a podcast on their channel, put that into a playlist. So whenever they upload, maybe it's once a week with that show, let me know so I can just go to that one grouping or that collection of content and see all of those that are relevant and pulling up instead of looking at something like the tabs that they have, like on the homepage and stuff like that. So it's something that's going to be in the subscriptions tab, like probably more or less going to get the best out of this on mobile. Do you have it yet? I don't. I yeah. wish I did. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool because maybe you've got different collections of interests, right? Yes. Like you've got your video technical interest and maybe you're into crypto and you've got a little crypto interest over here, mm -hmm. or maybe you're into marketing and you've got your marketing interests and it, it, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Instead of all the random stuff you see when you go to YouTube every day, right? Exactly. Because the way that the social behavior is now is that you have to come across a video or see a video or be subscribed to somebody. And then you save that to a playlist that you make, whereas they're going to kick this off with a favorites collection of here are all of your favorite creators that you usually follow now in one specific group. So you can always just go see who's maybe my top five or top 10 people that I'm subscribed to. Well, now, if I can have a collection to say every time somebody uploads something about NFTs, for example, I want to know about it and I want to have a collection of that content that's new and I don't have to actually update this is based on when that creator uploads something about it. That's going to be a way better buy of just one, keeping people on platform. And then two, for the creators and marketers, you're going to get more people seeing your content because they already want to. They're just getting lost in the feed of stuff. Now, I know you and I just briefly reviewed this before we went live, but uh, this new brand connect thing from YouTube, what's your take on what it is and what it makes possible? Can you tell us what little you know about it? Yeah. So it's two things that kind of come to mind with this, which really just plays more into the ad space of YouTube, but not in the same way of those ads that you see before a video and you're just ready to skip as soon as those like three to five seconds are over. This is now more so coming to, I guess you can say more channel based. The thing that comes to mind is like Amazon Prime's video that like the shelf that you see, they're kind of showing some things about that. So if I said that here's my sweater, here's my necklace, here's my earrings, 
but have that more so on the shelf on a channel that makes more sense. And to actually add videos that people are going to watch. I think they're trying to make their ad platform more intuitive, but again, bring some attention back from some of these other platforms and stuff that people are going to, at least for ad dollars anyway. Yeah. So what I'm reading here is they're saying it's for influencer advertising. So collaborate with creators to tell your brand's story. So my guess is this is YouTube's way of formally connecting big YouTube influencers with brands kind of in an official way. They've been working together unofficially probably forever, but this is probably a way for a company that's got some money to come and use YouTube as kind of the middle person, right? Maybe instead of an agency to, to kind of connect the company X with uh, influencer Y, create the the content and hopefully increase the likelihood that they have a success. That's that's my read on it. If you want to learn more about it, by the way, just go to youtube.com slash ads slash brand connect. Um, I want to move on to this next story here, which is recently YouTube has made it a little easier for people to copy older videos and kind of make life a little easier. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit more about this? Right. So some of the things you think about, like your titles, descriptions, even like baseline tags. So maybe Michael Stelzner, social media examiner, those are always two tags that maybe gets added to every video, no matter what links to the podcast, links to the website, things like that may always be staples. So now you can take and reuse some of those same basic staples from one video to the next. So you're not having to use any third party tools and stuff. So I've seen this along with some other things like uh, search features and stuff that you may only find with third party applications. A lot of that stuff is coming in in-house now. And I think it makes a ton of sense with just making it easier to upload, create content and, but more efficiently. Very cool. The dislike counts. Talk to us about what's going on with dislike. Yeah. So it was some talk about them removing it, but it is officially rolled out now. When you go to a channel, you will only see the counter, how many numbers, but let's say 553 likes, but maybe it's 28 dislikes. You'll see, still see the thumbs down button, but YouTube removed the number. So you're not seeing it. So you can still dislike a video if you like, but they're not going to show that publicly on the channel. There's no setting or anything that you need to do. This is not an on or off feature. This is rolled out universally for everyone. And it is active for everyone right now. Why? Why? I think it's just uh, mental health of the creator and of the people too. Yeah. Because when you go to a video, you see a thousand dislikes, but 50 likes, you may already make an assumption this video sucks without even watching it. And people could frankly galvanize people to thumbs down a video too and make it look worse than it is, couldn't they, if they really wanted to, right? Yeah, it's what they call those raids, but in a negative sense. I've had that actually actually happen on a live stream wow. and you'll just see like a mass amount, it's like 15, 30, and it's just like, what the heck is happening on the channel? Huh. And so that actually does happen. So now that's not a factor and a distraction. And again, just for creator health uh, overall, I think it makes a ton of sense, but that being gone just makes you not honestly have to think about it anymore. Fascinating. So we still see them on our channel if we go into Studio Insights or whatever, or are they there for us to see? But we're the only ones that see them is what you're telling me, right? Correct. Okay, Correct. Good. You can still see the ratio. So if it's a 93% on a video of how many likes to dislike ratio you have, you still have that data. Okay. Search Insights, they're testing some stuff here. So what, what, what can we see with this? How is this of value? Talk to me about this. So one of the things that YouTube is, again, testing and in the process of experimentation with is the ability for you to find out more of what people are searching for on your specific channel and like how they find your content is already something that you can see right now in your analytics. But what other content that you 
that that person or that subscriber may be interested in looking for that there's what we call white space in the industry, which is basically nobody's talking about this. So what's the best hubcap for a 2007 Chevy? Like nobody knows. Nobody's making videos or maybe the videos that are out there are poor quality. So now this is really just to give it's supposed to be a new tab called research that you can not only explore stuff for your content and your people, but just across YouTube in general. I think it's going to be extremely fascinating. Yeah, I can imagine because if it turns out that people are searching for things and coming on my channel, but they're not things that I'm actually making videos about, that could be an opportunity for me to see if there's anyone else on YouTube making videos on this. And if they're not, and it matches what I'm trying to do for my business, I would imagine I could use that as an opportunity to go out there and make some new videos, right? 100%. They're they're ranking this as the low, medium, high. Uh, as far as like the search volume, I'm not seeing any numerical data around that as far as like um, 500,000 people are searching for this. They're not giving that data, but just say like if it's a low, medium or high. I think this just honestly helps with deciphering and demystifying YouTube as a creator. So if you have your business, you're marketing your content on that channel, you trying to figure out what you should create next or asking your community is just kind of outdated in a sense. So you have to know how to be able to decipher and read your analytics. Not everybody wants to do that or invest the time to do that. This takes away at least some of those first layer entry level things of, of just finding out what you want to talk about and just knowing what people are searching for. That helps. Uh, folks, the world of YouTube is forever changing and, you know, Google and YouTube have an enormous amount of money in research and development. And there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to be rolling out, I'm sure, in 2022, because they've got TikTok <laughs> they got to compete with. They've got Instagram and Facebook they've got to compete with. And that's why people like us go to San Diego for Social Media Marketing World so we can understand, you know, what are all these changes? How ought we alter our strategy? Because the way we used to do things is not going to work in 2022. We're going to have to alter things. So mm -hmm. I encourage everybody who's watching and listening to grab your ticket, socialmediamarketing.world. This is our last show for the year. Uh, we're taking a break for Christmas and New Year's. We're going to be back in January. If you folks want to uh, catch another show, my podcast, Social Media Marketing, will be continuing right on through the rest of the year. Diana, if everybody wants to go see what you've got going on, where do you want them to go? Uh, DianaGladney.com. You will find all of my content there. And then, of course, if you're on YouTube, you can just put my name in the search and I will come up. All right, everybody. We wish all of you who celebrate a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. And until next time, may you be wise with your marketing decisions. See you all next year. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.